Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I am Will Pelagic. Know what that means? It's our man, Willie P. Style. How come we haven't done these Styles P. jokes with him as much? I know, man. That's uh, actually that's the first time I've thought about it. Well, you said it. You said something that made me think about it more. Do you know who Styles P. is, Willie? I have no idea. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's all right, man. Does that does does that does shock you? It doesn't shock no, me. No, it doesn't shock me. But sometimes, I mean, this is still the, the guy we're talking to in this very arena put out a two-minute and 20-second video of Petey Pablo's halftime show. Do you know who the locks are? No. Okay. Jada Kiss? I do know who Jada Kiss is. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, all right, there we go. There we, we go. In the building a little bit. <laughs> Close. Yeah, yeah Willie. Much. With the times. Willie P., the voice of Charlotte FC. But he's a renaissance man. He does it all. He's covering the Charlotte Hornets. You saw him last night at the Mitch Kupchak presser, tweeting out some of the quotes from Mitch Kupchak and taking it all in as the Hornets draft four new players, try to get Sam in trouble. By asking about James <laughs> Najee, who is not officially a member of the Charlotte I wasn't lightning. I didn't know that you could do that. They have him on the yeah, marquee, a, the, so the, I wasn't. The, the weird, stupid rules about the it's NBA. It's so stupid. I hate it. Let, let 50,000 50, hats. One of those picks last night, by the way, for the Hornets changed places three times. That's like, James Najee. That's crazy. Is, is what it is. Yeah, and that's still because if you go to NBA.com right now, you might be confused. So the players they drafted, Brandon Miller, of course, at number two, Nick Smith Jr., 27, James Najee. 31. So they traded up to go get him. And if you go on NBA.com, they'll say that the pick was made by, I forget who. Detroit. Detroit. Then traded to Boston. Mm -hmm. So if you were to go to NBA.com and had no clue about the situation, you would be on air saying, yeah, Najee is a Boston Celtic. How would you remember the Detroit James Najee experience? How how would you remember that uh, that era? Like I will remember the Carmelo Anthony Atlanta Mm. Hawk experience. (laughs) That's how I will remember it. Rasheed Wallace actually played a game, though. Um, A better Atlanta Hawk experience with Rasheed Wallace playing one game compared to Carmelo playing zero. What are your Brandon Miller thoughts? I know you're a Scoot Henderson fan. There's a lot to like about Brandon. How are you feeling a day after? I mean, I felt kind of resigned to it yesterday. I didn't believe any of the, the hype coming out. I know you guys are covering it a lot in terms of uh, the odds going back and forth. I lost my way a little bit, Willie. I, I just I just had this feeling from people who I talked to that it was going to be Brandon Miller all along, and that's what Mitch Kupchak confirmed last night. But, you know, I think if we're talking about just the two players, I don't think I'm as disappointed in the organization as I am about the way that they've handled talking about the off-the-court stuff involving Brandon Miller. And that's the part that I still feel like is going to be a bridge to me that still needs to be crossed. And I think we're going to have to see it play out over time. We're going to have to see how this young man acclimates to, to Charlotte and also how he ends up making sure that he keeps his, his nose clean, so to speak. And I think that's a situation that can only be solved with time. And and I think he owes it to this organization to do that. He owes it to uh, his family and obviously and things of that nature because I know that they were last night very much talking about his character. But I think from a lot of people, there are a lot of still unanswered questions about what happened that night. We're not going to get them today. We're not going to get them tomorrow. We're not even going to get them next week. But I think it all just comes down to whether or not this player – 
is on the floor and off the floor as advertised, and I think that's something that still remains to be seen. Willie P., we saw the fan reaction last night, and when you talk about box office appeal and somebody that's going to fill the season, a lot of people look at a Scoot Henderson and felt like he could have been a guy that him and LaMelo could have had this place jumping next season, but how do you compare those two in those regards as far as just how excited you are and just the fan base as a whole? Well, I want to ask you guys, too, because because you were at 1058, yes. and the the environment there, I'm sure, was very similar to the way it was here. It just felt ominous mm -hmm. in the building. It didn't it didn't feel like we had the number two pick in the draft. Like you would have thought in any other year, you have the number two pick in the draft. You are excited. You are stoked, right? But there was just this ominous feeling because there was a, a big, huge Scoot Henderson yeah. faction, and I think a lot of that is due to Scoot's own plaudits, but I think a lot of that is due because of the fact that there are questions about Miller both on and off the floor. There are not only questions, though, about Henderson as well. I think it comes down to the two factions. Are you more confident that Scoot Henderson is going to become a better shooter over his time, or are you more confident that Brandon Miller is going to become a better inside scorer and stronger player at this level? I think people think that you can maybe control the strength factor a little bit more than you can scoot shooting, but there's also the off-the-court component involving Brandon Miller. So I think that almost kind of broke the tie for me, as it did with a lot of other Hornets fans. I think Scoot Henderson would have been box office, like you said, Wes, and I think that certainly brings in a lot of the disappointment that people have. But I think if we don't have the off-the-court thing with Brandon, I don't think the reaction is as visceral as it might have been yesterday. Although the, the thing that was posited by both Mac and Bone this morning is that that's not only a reaction about last night, that's a reaction to the recent history under Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak, and this regime. And I think a lot of it is just kind of a, you know, we need something new and a new face and new eyes on this product in here in Charlotte. So what are your thoughts also when you talk about this draft, the value picks? Was there a guy that you saw them pick after Brandon Miller that you feel like, man, they might have found something here? Well, the Nick Smith pick is a steal, I think, absolutely. He's somebody who I think many people had in the lottery, if not, you know, at the very end of the lottery. And the fact that he was there at that time, I think we were all kind of watching you know the picks kind of go off and with the Hornets having four picks after one there was this initial thought that you were going to maybe trade up maybe even back into the first round with some of those picks but I think they were kind of monitoring the boards of these other teams and figuring like okay if we can still get our guy at 27 it's not as imperative to go up and get another guy because the two guys they're going to get after Smith were going to be potentially project guys, G League guys, etc. So the fact they were able to get Nick Smith, somebody who I feel like can be on this roster right away and be that backup point guard, I think is an incredible steal. I think the, the knee injury, I asked him about it last night. He said the knee is 100% healed. He's not worried about it going into the league. And, and you saw he's got a point to prove. And I think that's always something. When you're drafting in that portion of the draft, you're always looking for guys who are going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And he even said last night he's got a big, big chip on his shoulder. And I really love that pick for him. I like the other two picks, too, as well. I think they're more project-based, more project-oriented. I think Najee's somebody who, at seven foot five is obviously somebody who is still kind of growing into his body, growing into his NBA frame, if you will, and, and trying to figure out how he is as a basketball player, having only played seven years of hoop. And I think the, the other pick, too, or the kid out of UCLA, I think is somebody who could be a nice growth piece. We know what this this organization has done with second-round picks, and we've kind of yeah. wondered about them with their first-round selections at times, but they definitely know what they're doing when it comes to that second round. You talked about the morale. I did want to get to that just a little bit more so because you felt – that the Hornets didn't have the second overall pick if you were just to walk into the environment and try to get the feel. Then we had the boos. Then we had the reaction once that pick rolled in. 
you asked Mitch Kupchak about that. Mm -hmm. And he seemed to not really know about it. And fair, you're not going to be with all of the people as you're making this pick. You're in the war room making this decision and calling in to have that selection. But what was that process like for you, asking the question to Mitch Kupchak, what he made of the fan reaction? Well, I was actually trying to... I don't want to say help him out a little bit, but but I, I think it was more along the lines of, you know, I, I want to feel like I can be sold on this. Like, that's the thing. It's like I, I, there are a lot of people who had trepidations regardless of what those reasons were. They had trepidations about his strength, his ability to be a three-level scorer, his ability to have the word West used, box office capabilities. When you're drafting at number two overall, you're drafting a guy who wants to be a perennial all-star. And while they believe he's a perennial all-star, there are some who have doubts on that. And I feel, and, and there was the, the question that was asked a couple of questions before that about, you know, the trip down to Alabama. Did you find out everything you wanted to know about the incident that took place in Tuscaloosa? And while they don't necessarily get the direct answers to those questions, because I think the people who got to those questions aren't necessarily accessible to Mitch and, uh, and Buzz Peterson, et cetera, and so on, I still feel like, you needed to come out maybe a little more fortified in that aspect. And that's all I was trying to get. You know, I was, I was trying to basically, here, sell me on this pick. Sell me why this is the right move for the Hornets, especially when you're talking about an organization that, unfortunately, and we talked about it before, doesn't necessarily have the best track record when mm -hmm. it comes to taking care of the organization. They've done well drafting in the top six under Mitch Kupchak. He's done that also going back to his time in Los Angeles. So I'm not going to sit here and, and doubt him in that regard. But I do feel like there needed to be that extra bit of confidence sold by this organization that, hey, this is something that is going to be good for the organization, and we're very much not worried about the off-the-court stuff. I wasn't trying to catch me to gotcha. I, I wasn't trying to become any part of the story. But I think as a result, I, I think they owed the fan base a little bit more out of that. What was another main takeaway, my bad? What was another main takeaway that you had from the presser last night? I, I do feel like the, the issue that these drafts are getting younger is something I wanted to stop down on. And I asked him, too, about that part, and I like the answer that he gave in that regard because he said that this is turning more into baseball, the way that you got the additional two-way contract. The teams will be able to now carry three players that they can shuttle back and forth from here to Greensboro, and we know they've done that a lot here in the last couple of years with the way that they've developed players like Mark Williams, they've developed Con Jones, they've developed these other guys who had spent time in both venues, and I think that's going to be a big, big asset for them. Uh, they signed Leaky Black, as you know, earlier today to a two-way contract, so he's somebody who you feel like can take up space on both rosters. I think we're seeing a different developmental shift in the way these rosters are handled, and that you're not going to expect so much right away from a lot of these guys, and I think the, the point to, to Brandon Miller being somebody who may start the season off the bench because of the way the roster is set right now, yeah. I think obviously he's going to by the end of the year, you hope by the end of the year he's a starter for this team, I think that's definitely something that is now a kind of changing of the guard. We're moving away from these one-and-done guys having a quote-unquote immediate splash impact. There's more of a slower burn on these guys. Willie P, do you think with the draft last night and the young talent that they acquired and if they bring back Miles Bridges and he gets back to form, is this the most talented that the Hornets have been, at least in recent memory, just as far as just having a lot of good basketball players on the roster at their disposal? I think they have a lot of pieces. I think it depends also what happens with the Miles Bridges scenario. I think if you add him, that just fortifies that part of the discussion. 
but I also think they still need to be able to add more. I, I still think this is an unfinished build at this point. There needs to be another piece, another starter level piece that's brought in here to accompany LaMelo Ball. And I think the part of this that made the Scoot Henderson decision somewhat confounding is that if there was a scenario where you drafted Scoot Henderson and LaMelo Ball on the roster together and both those guys were looked at as a redundancy, you could have done what Sacramento had done. And you could trade the one who was more expendable and get the star of your choice, choice or choosing that directly complements LaMelo. Can Brandon Miller be a great complimentary player for LaMelo Ball? Absolutely. The outside shooting, LaMelo's going to get a lot of dimes as a result of that. But in terms of running the pick and roll, that's going to be more Mark Williams' game. I still think there's another piece that's left that's not here, whether it's a shooting guard that's taller than Terry Rozier, whether that's a four that's a better fit uh, than maybe Miller can be, or maybe a three that's a better fit. Who knows where, where he slots in in the way you look at this roster. They're still missing something. And that's why where I'll say it's probably better than it has been. It's still not where it can be. Do you think Brandon Miller could be that something or uh, what do you feel like as far as what he can contribute in year one? I think in the best version of himself at the top end of his level, an NBA player, I think he can be. But I still think you're going to be needing another scorer. And I think one of the things we've looked at with the Hornets is that you not only need great scorers, but you also need great defense. And that's the other part of this with Brandon is that his abilities to defend one through five have been very much lauded. But I also feel like there are some people who are wondering how much of a top-end defender he can be. He was a very solid defender at Alabama, and I think trying to project what he is at the NBA level from the college level, that they're two different games. So ask, what he'll be asked to do defensively I think is a very, very curious question right now. And that's the only thing that I think that might, li that might hold him back from being that quote-unquote guy who can stand on that same level as LaMelo Ball and be that star on this team. That is Willie P, the voice of Charlotte FC, joining us this time in the Spectrum Center, talking a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets. But I do want to go back to Charlotte FC and discuss them for a moment. What can you expect from them in tomorrow night's matchup? Still looking for their first win in quite some time. Well, I just recorded uh, with Jess uh, for Crown Corner, and uh, we looked at the ability to uh, kind of look at this game against Montreal as something of a jumping off point for them. The next three contests are games against, actually next fourth contest I should say, are against teams that are all part of this playoff glut. There's a bunch of teams that are stacked together in about a seven or eight point slog right now in the middle of the Eastern Conference and they'll play two of those teams here over the next three games. Montreal they'll face twice in the next three weeks and they'll see New York City for the second time this season. Montreal's a squad that they struggled with earlier this year. They didn't necessarily, or, 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 I'm sorry, last year when they played them uh, twice last year. They're a team that is a more of a high-pressing style, similar to what they saw Wednesday night against New York Red Bulls. They're under a new head coach in Hernan Losada, who is bringing a little bit of a different flair than the previous coach Wilfred Nancy had last year. If they finished second in the Eastern Conference, it was the best season they'd ever had in their franchise history. There was a lot of turnover player-wise, so you'll see a different team somewhat, but a little bit of a different kind of uh, entering in here with, with Montreal. I'm curious to see how they play inside their own building. They haven't played there in a while. I also feel like they're as healthy now as they have been at any point over the course of this season. There's a lot of different roster moves that Christian Latanzo can employ now off the bench. Curious to see how it works out for them on Saturday. 
All right. Well, that was Willie P. You can follow him on Twitter at Willie P. Style. Joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Willie, we appreciate the knowledge as always, my man. Do I get some credit for seeing you guys in person this time? Because I know you were a little salty about well, it. Yeah, you did. You look, did diss us, but we, we're looking over that. I was man. trying we're to forgiving. forget about just how rude you were on the Body Works Plus <laughs> guest hotline, saying that you didn't want to just come see us, yeah. that there had to be something we else happening. But that's gas. not Cheryl's fault. No, I know it's not, it's but, not, it, it's not but it still hurts. Yeah. It still hurts, Willie. Yeah, really. we still took offense. I mean, sorry, we have to get the second overall pick in the same building as us for you to come say what's up? Like, that's what has to happen? Oh, I, that's not enough? Now we've got to get the only, former number three mock draft guy? I also, you know what? Now I'm mad again. I, I also paid the park to see you guys, though, too. Uh, that's a good uh, point. Okay. And if it is like the situation I had earlier, let me tell you, that is no small thing. Yeah, you were struggling earlier. The you app. Didn't go you got to use, use the app. No? I'd, I'd, well, I went to the media mar- uh, parking lot, mm. and I was over there, and I don't have the media parking This reminds past. me. I totally forgot to, to book my parking. So oh, do, it, do, do it, Willie, it because I'm telling you, they will screw you over over there. And I was trying to – I was, I, I think I paid for parking maybe three times mm. and maybe just got one hit. So either I'm going to look at my bank, uh, bank account a little bit later. I'm going to see if I have three charges on it, okay. and if I don't, then we're all good. If I do, then I'm going to have to dial the number and probably still waste what's end up being $30. <laughs> it probably still will just vanish in thin air. It's always interesting when it comes over here at Spectrum Center. It really is. That's the voice of Willie P. Joining us in the Spectrum Center. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.